In our first reading today, we have the law in regard to leprosy. A little background of leprosy perhaps would be helpful. Leprosy now is known as Hansen's disease. It is caused by a bacteria. A simple antibiotic uh, clears up leprosy relatively quickly, relatively cheap. It's like $2 a dose and in the course of like 10 doses clears it up. Uh, but the problem is in many parts of the world, uh, mainly the uh, around the equator, uh, where more the impoverished people live, they don't have access to that medicine. So leprosy still is prevalent. It is not as contagious as once thought. Uh, in fact, there's, uh, it is thought that about 85% of the world's population is naturally immune to the, the ravages of Hansen's disease or that particular bacteria. But that 15% makes it all the more scary. In the Jewish world, because the leprosy would cause pustules, scabs, blisters, more advanced, it would look uh, like rotting flesh and would in fact uh, rot their flesh to certain parts where there would be disfigurements of uh, loss of fingers, uh, disfigurement of the face or various other places. Because of that, and there would be a stench about it, there was a connection with death and the person was declared unclean. Not unclean as in dirty, but unclean as in impure. Not pure enough to walk into the temple. Not just because of the fear of the disease, but because of the ravages of the disease. There was fear of contagiousness, though they, didn't, though they did not fully understand how it was passed on. And so Moses, in following the law of God, gave them that rule that the leper was to show himself if he had been healed, to show himself to the priest and to be declared clean so that he can enter society again. But without that declaration of being clean, he was or she was to stay on the outskirts of town, not to socialize with others, the healthy people, to stay isolated, to stay alone, to stay apart. Those that have had COVID, and I know there's a number here that have already, understand what that isolation can do. And not only that, but because of this, they, when they came across anyone, they had to cry out, unclean. Can you imagine letting that be the first word out of your mouth? Unclean, unclean. And so as we turn to this gospel passage, we hear this leper who comes before Jesus, and he doesn't cry out unclean. Rather, he, he says something else. First, he kneels down in an act of worship. Anytime anyone kneels, it is an act of worship. If you wish, you can make me clean. How is it that this leper knows that Jesus can do something about him? Already, this leper is expressing faith that he understands that Jesus has the ability, the power to do something. And of course, Jesus, moved with pity, does will him to be made clean, heals him, sends him on with a warning to go and fulfill the, the letter of the law, to go show himself to the priest, to offer what is necessary for the cleansing. But with this other warning, don't tell anyone. Now, in Mark's Gospel especially, we see this. It's, uh, scholars call it the messianic secret. 
it's not that the, the Messiah is a secret, but Jesus keeps telling people, don't tell others about me. And there's lots of, lots of ink spilled about why uh, Mark's gospel contains this, but I think it comes down to one of two things and a combination of those two things. One is Jesus wants people to experience him for themselves. He doesn't want them, uh, people to just believe because on the word of others, he wants to have a relationship with each person that has faith. We'll get to that in a little bit. But I think the other reason, and certainly we see this at, at work in the, even in this gospel passage, that as his fame is known, he's not able to do his ministry as effectively. And even here, the report of him spread abroad so much so that it was impossible for him to enter into a town openly. Instead, he had to stay outside in deserted places. Yet people came to him, thank God. But there's something even more amazing that happens in this passage, and it's one that we need to hold on to, I think, that instead of the lepers staying on the outskirts of town, crying out, unclean, unclean, it is Jesus who stays on the outskirts of town, making people clean, healing them, forgiving their sins, making the, the lame walk, the mute speak, the, the, uh, the deaf hear, the blind see. Jesus stays on the outskirts to heal. Jesus, in the end, really does take the place, literally, of this leper, but he takes the place of all of us as he heals all of us on the cross. I keep pondering in, in the Gospels time and again, not only this leper, but we have so many that we don't hear about how they came to faith, how they came to understand who Jesus is, how they came to understand anything. Instead, they just simply come and they express faith. We have the centurion who comes and says, I tell one, one to go and he goes, and I tell another to come to come. And Jesus says, I've not seen faith like this in all of Israel. Or the man who comes after his son was healed, Lord, I believe, help my un unbelief. How do people come to understand who Jesus Christ truly is? Before that messianic secret, when that messianic secret was held, or even as shoddily perhaps as it was, how did people know? What was it about Jesus that led others to faith? And I think, I think they understood I think there was something about Jesus that they began to understand there's something about him, that he is not just a human being, but that he's God-made man. In our own lives, we have to discern that question, too. Who is Jesus for me? And uh, this week I, I read a statistic that shocked me. And it's, I don't have the exact number, so pardon me, but uh, it's over 60% of U.S. Catholics do not believe that Jesus, God, that Jesus is God, do not believe that Jesus is Lord. And that ought to shock us. That ought to disturb us. Because the gospel tells us, reminds us, time and again, Jesus Christ is God. And I think it comes down to us being unreflecting of our lives as, as, as a society. We just simply go along. And we don't discern 
The, the people of Jesus' day had to encounter him. And when they encountered him, they had to make a decision. Who is this? Well, Jesus wants to encounter each and every one of us in a personal way. I know that, that sounds kind of uh, evangelical, but we ought to be, as Catholics, evangelical. Jesus Christ wants to have a personal relationship with each and every one of us. And what drives us to faith, what drives us to belief, is different for each one of us. I've said it a, a number of times in the last few, few months in our uh, faith formation classes or religious education classes. I've said it in a few other ways and a few other places. But what causes us to believe is different for each and every one of us. And we simply, our parents' answer is not always our answer. I have a very different answer of why I'm Catholic, why I believe Jesus Christ is God, than my mother does. And she had a very different answer than her mother and father. They had a very different answer, I'm sure, than their parents. We all have to discern who is Jesus and what difference does that make in my life when we're unreflective, when we just simply go along, it's easy to forget. Jesus is God. And that's something that makes all the difference in the world, or at least it ought to, that Jesus is God. What does that mean for me? One thing that maybe will help us to understand that Jesus is God is uh, starting on Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. The church has asked us to make a a switch in our, because there's a translation error, perhaps, is the best way to understand it in our uh, Roman Missal. In the opening collect, uh, normally some people call it the opening prayer, but the collect is to collect the prayers, which is why it's called a collect. Instead of, right now we have, through Jesus Christ, in unity, the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. But in the original Latin, from which all translation needs to come, there is no unum, one, before God, Deus. It's just God. And the reason for that is the God refers not to the Trinity, as one God seems to imply, but rather it re refers to back to through Christ. It's Christ. Every time we see that opening collect from now on, we will drop that one and we will say God, simply God. Through Christ, God forever and ever. I hope as we do this trans translation change that will remind us time and again that Jesus is God. Our reason for belief might be different. This poor leper who comes before Jesus, his reason for belief is he wanted to be made clean. Not just to be healed, but to made, be made clean. To be able to enter society again. For some, it's that Jesus heals us personally, or maybe it's that Jesus heals uh, somebody close to us. For, uh, for others, it might be that Jesus reveals truth to us. That Jesus is like light for us that Jesus provides for us, that Jesus feeds us. Literally, in this Eucharist, he feeds us. Sacramentally, he feeds us. What is our reason for belief? What is our reason? Why do we believe Jesus Christ is God? I can tell you. I can proclaim it until I turn the color of the mask. I can, I can say it, or our deacons can say it, 
or our faith formation uh, catechists can say it. We can all say it time and time and time and time again. But it's for each and every one of us to ask the question, who is Jesus? Do I really believe he is God? And if so, am I willing, like this leper, to come to kneel down in front of him, to worship him and say, if you, can, if you wish, you can make me clean.